Welcome to Social Distance Warriors, which is a podcast that is being recorded on December 19th in the year 2020. Uh, my name is Tom. Oh, it's also a podcast about the pandemic and related topics. My name, as I already said, is Tom, and I am not an expert on the pandemic or the Christmas slash Hanukkah slash Kwanzaa slash various other assorted holiday season. Uh, you can call me Rat, and I am also not an expert on the global pandemic. I do know a little bit about the Festival of Lights, but that's about it. Have you switched to preferring Rat over Rachel now? Uh, Rachel is still fine, but I am sort of rebranding Rat Brandon, um, <laughs> leaning into the Rat for a little bit, but, but Rachel is still fine. Okay, because you had unveiled Rat in the previous episode, but you introduced yourself as, as Rachel, so I just want to make sure. I know where things are. Yeah, and I guess um, I can take a moment to plug another podcast-ish thing. Also guest on this show, um, Evan and I did a commentary track for... Everything is so many levels to explain. We did a commentary track for a single episode of a TV show <laughs> that another guest who appeared on this podcast, uh, Lewis, uh, once recommended that everybody watch before the year 2020 is over. It's called The Henderson Challenge, an episode of a British TV show called The Hustle. Or maybe just Hustle. But yeah, people can, I guess listen to that and also also hear me uh introduce myself as rat there where, where um if they go hopefully to the show notes but also if they go to um evan's advent calendar on schlack all right cool <laughs> i have not been using that website all that much recently so nor have i but i did like <laughs> have it sort of like on my list of things i still want to i still i'm not checking the website but i still want to watch whatever this episode of tv is Hmm. and i did that so now i can live a happy fulfilled life (laughs) having done that speaking of other podcast-ish projects um i have another podcast project that has been taking over my life recently i have finally like started in earnest to do post-production on season three of my doctor who podcast the moment so uh just seconds before we started recording this i was in the midst of a grueling edit on someone's moment so i'm hoping that i'll have more to announce on that probably by the time this episode airs Okay. But yeah, I'm almost I'm almost done. Uh, well, I have a very peculiar system of editing that show, which is loosely based on software development. <laughs> I have a terminology of like this episode has reached its alpha stage, its beta stage, and then its gold stage, and then the final release. I will hopefully have finished this episode's alpha stage of the edit, um, and I'll hopefully have finished all of the six episodes that I'm making in their alpha stage by, I don't know, tomorrow, Sunday the 20th is a little ambitious, but that's what I'm shooting for. That's nice. For that one, you don't have a consistent co-host. It's just you and guests, but it sounds like you have like various versions of different episodes to live as ghosts with you in in lieu of a co-host yeah i have i don't know myself the host and myself the editor and i edit those that show with a very very heavy hand as opposed to what i do when i edit this show so yeah and and that show is just like a completely ruthless edit like where i will just like take the conversation and sometimes just completely rearrange segments of the conversation to like 
have a more logical flow to them. Like, oh, this person brought up a topic at the end that really makes more sense if we put it into the beginning. But does that cause any like continuity errors? Like, do they call back to something that will then be in the future? So it's all it's all very, um, I don't know, it, it involves a lot of spreadsheets and charts and um, sometimes like handwritten notes. And then that's that's not even the hardest part of it. Actually, no, it is the hardest part of it. What am I saying? <laughs> I mean, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a simple breezy part, but yeah, the, the moment is, I would say, like reminds me of when I listen to different, you know, like NPR or studio produced quality podcasts. I'm like, the moment has had a lot of thought put into it. Yeah, I am. I am glad you think that way. Specifically, it's kind of um, the editing style is a little bit inspired by Radiolab. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm, heard that show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And also, like, in, in some ways, like, I, I think of it as like a spiritual successor to the to the quality of edit that the Peter did on my previous show, the Harry Potter podcast. The chapter titles were so good. Yeah, I can see that. That was a very intense and high quality edit. So in some ways, I'm just like inspired by that and trying to live up to that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> now that we now that we've done every podcast we are involved with that's currently going, yeah. Although I would like to start another podcast in the coming year, which is probably too much podcasts. <laughs> but I mean, once once my uh, once my grad degree is done, that that might be something I can I can spend more time You'll on. You'll have they'll also give you a license to podcast exactly uh, when <laughs> when they hand you your diploma. But anyhow, regardless of podcasts. <laughs> With, with this regard to other podcasts and more about this podcast, how you doing? I'm doing all right, I guess. Do I have things to talk about? I take notes for my week, but then we start talking and I feel nothing has happened. <laughs> I guess most like good news, um, I think I had mentioned last time, is that one of our family friends who was in her 90s, we had just heard that she had been diagnosed with coronavirus and was in the hospital and we were like dreading hearing things so we we heard from that friend um and she's back in her assisted living and i would say physically like is recovered from uh coronavirus but there there are some like they say like long-term effects so like we were very concerned, like, is this going to be something she can make it through? And she's made it through. There's just, like, more, I guess, periods of confusion or brain fog that is still something she's recovering from, even though she's no longer, like, in, you know, the that period of, like, what's going to happen. But that was a relief to hear from her. That definitely sounds like a relief. So I'm yeah. glad to hear that. That's one of the big, big updates. I don't know. I've been uh, just generally... I think when we last spoke, no, I was not having any curiosity about vaccines. And I've sort of uh, broken that seal a bit and um, listening to, you know, people talk about, okay, what's the what's the deal with vaccines? And who's going to get it? And blah, 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 a little bit more. What if what's your take? What's your take on these (laughs) vaccines? Yeah, well, um, mostly so like when I was hearing things, my sister just had a baby and one of the demographics they didn't really research uh, are people who are pregnant or breastfeeding and like school age children, mm-hmm. um, which describes like my sister's family. And also the word about like um, if you have anaphylactic food allergy, the Pfizer vaccine, they have some concerns about reactions to that. So that also describes people in my family. Um, and so again, not a doctor here, but word from a doctor is that 
yeah, people who just had a baby or are pregnant, they don't have any reason to assume they shouldn't get it. They just haven't done the research for liability, like not because there is a reason. So recommending still they should get it. And with the food allergy, like our health, our health, the U.S., one of the U.S. ones, this is very professional speaking, uh, one of the U.S. health expert boards was saying, yeah, you can still get the Pfizer or or whatever, just they recommend, you know, have your EpiPen and do it in a healthcare environment where they can like monitor you for, and it would be an immediate reaction, like 30 minutes. So that is good. And now it's back to, okay, so it's still going to be like months and months before uh, we actually have any direct access to a vaccine in our family. But Mm. now we can imagine have an imagined vaccine. Yeah. If I might uh, go back into the realm of other podcasts, um, yes. I think a good one to recommend for this is the most recent episode of the Sawbones podcast. Yes. I listened to that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I know they, they covered quite a bit of stuff related to what you just said and also quite a bit more related to the vaccine and yeah, yeah. their participation in a clinical trial for the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is not yet approved. And generally, a better podcast if you actually want expert medical (laughs) advice, because one of the co-hosts is a doctor, even though they disclaim at the top of the uh, at the top of the episode that it's not actual medical advice or opinion, but it's certainly better than what I have to say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, I had my first ever COVID test. Oh. Have you ever been tested? I have not, but I know there are different methods. What what was your method of um, how they tested you? So the method for this test was prior to the test, I had to blow my nose. And then for the test, I had a little cotton swab, looked like a Q-tip. It may be some special like medical grade Q-tip, or it may just be a familiar old Q-tip of the kind you would purchase in a convenience store or whatever. And I had to swab the inside of each of my nostrils and then put that Q-tip in a little tube thingy. And then the person who was administering the test said, you're done. And all said the test took about 30 seconds. Nice. And um, were you doing it just for fun or (laughs) (laughs) just just to try something new? The university where I work has an infrastructure for testing, basically, because they have students, faculty, and staff on campus to varying degrees. Right now, I think Almost no. Well, the semester is actually over now, and that's possibly why they decided at, at some point. Um, well, now that the semester is over, every staff member, regardless of whether they are required to get a test, even if they're working from home and never plan on coming into campus again, it was today was open test day where it's like everyone come and get your tests. So I figured, well, since there's this opportunity for a non-invasive test that I'm allowed to, well, I mean it's nasally invasive. Like by definition, but it's not, it's minimally invasive. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to invade my own, uh, my own nostril. I got to. <laughs> yes. A controlled yeah. invasion. Exactly. Uh, is a, yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> the military term. Yes. I figured, you know, since it's being offered, I might as well take it, especially because this coming week is Christmas and I do plan on visiting my parents, probably not for that long and certainly with a mask on and certainly socially distant, Mm -hmm. but I will be indoors with them and with at least one, hopefully more of my sisters. And so it will be reassuring to me and hopefully to them if 
the test comes back negative. Now, if it comes back positive. <laughs> that can send you into a whole other tailspin. Yes. Um, one thing it will remove is the worry that I will infect them with coronavirus because <laughs> I just won't go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, won't, I won't visit anyone, nor should anyone who has a positive test, despite like I've, I've heard stories of people who test positive and they're like, eh, you know, that's probably fine if I still <sighs> lick strangers on the subway or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's not you. <laughs> no. Uh, nor is it, nor is it something I would, I would enjoy no. doing, but, um, especially you're, you're cold. You're up New England. It's cold. Don't go lick anything. It's relatively cold. I mean, it's not as cold as like parts of the Midwest or Canada or, uh, indeed Antarctica. Uh, I wonder if they have COVID there. Oh, oh, do we want, do we want to update on cold places? Um, they're going to do the Iditarod this year Oh. or attempt to hmm. for a period of time, I think. In yeah, in March, that was when it was running for the 2020 I did a rod. They continued on without stopping it for coronavirus, and then there did come a point where like some mushers had finished, and it was like if you do not get to this checkpoint by this time, you're out of the race, is what they decided. So you know, like it, it, it did, you know, coronavirus did reach even Alaska, and this year they're like worried. Not so much about mushers getting sick, but it takes a huge amount of coordination for volunteers, veterinarians, going along at different, like, tiny, tiny Alaska towns, 100, 200 people, to do checkpoints and get supplies and check dogs, and... Um, coordinating with the towns. Do you want all these people flying into your town? How much do you want to participate, if at all, and seeing... Mm if they have enough checkpoint towns to feasibly be able to to do that Iditarod. But they're pushing for it. You know, we'll see. Yeah, you know, I imagine that, I know almost nothing about the Iditarod, uh, but I imagine that being a checkpoint town drives various other kinds of, like, economic activity, just by virtue of, like, having people there in town doing things related to the event, which is probably, under normal circumstances, a great thing for those towns that they would badly miss if it weren't available, but also terribly risky, like so many economic activities. Yep. Speaking of economic activities... Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just talking generally, every so often, monitoring what the status of coronavirus Congress relief package is looking at. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong to a, be excited. <laughs> yeah, that's not exciting. <laughs> it's just sad to check in, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Our checkpoint currently is maybe a $600 stimulus, maybe. But what about the national deficit, Tom? <laughs> I, you know what? Good question. <laughs> Call it off. Where would you say, like, you're waking up after a nightmare or you're trying to fall asleep, where would you say national deficit ranks as a fear? Mm, you know, I would say it ranks pretty low. But on the other hand, I don't think legitimacy of fear correlates very well with my nightmares <laughs> to the extent yeah, that I have yeah. nightmares. I don't know, like the, the most recurring nightmare that I have is like back in high school, which... Uh, no, that's real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I dream, I dream about that a lot. <laughs> or back at back at my old job. I think recently back at my old job has kind of squeezed out back at high school. Um, speaking of jobs, that's where I thought you were going when yeah. you talked about economic updates. And I wanted to know how's, how's the job hunt going? Yeah, unfortunately, this week, uh, I think last week was my week of job interviews. This week has been my week of 
rolling job interview rejections, like every single one that I interviewed with, and even more, um, have attempted to contact me to say I didn't get it. So we begin anew, <laughs> and I um, mm-hmm. start applying, you know, send, bring up the Excel spreadsheet, start applying for things again, and see where it goes. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, as as a person who has been on the hiring side of, of that process before, the one piece of advice that I can give to you is that there is no advice. Like oh. <laughs> so, here, I, I've been I've been thinking maybe we should add a little more role playing to our podcast experience. So I'm I'm a disciple or or just a, a person looking for knowledge and I've climbed up this high, high mountain to ask you. <laughs> a wizened, maybe Yoda-like figure for my <laughs> job advice. Okay. So what sage advice do you have for me getting hired for a job? Yeah, there isn't any. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's basically no way to know what the right thing, what do they want to hear? Like, because most of the time, like, the things that are driving those decisions are just so, in my experience anyway, they're so stupid. Yeah. The people who are involved in making those decisions have competing interests, or there may be one person who has a lot of power in the decision who is focused on something really dumb. That's also one of the reasons why posted job descriptions are so <laughs> ridiculous, or like the job requirements, like you need to have 45 years of experience with Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Because like some senior person in the office is like, oh, they they need to have lots of experience with Twitter. And like no one has the power to say no to that person, even though they're not actually going to be considering that when they choose finalists for the position or whatever. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. This is only from my narrow experience of being involved in the hiring process. It's that like it's completely, (laughs) completely buck wild. This does not surprise me uh, to learn. I've been in some weird interviews where I'm like, this can only possibly be designed by a system that is not prioritizing actual ability to do job or sort of actual ability to hire people efficiently. There are systems that work, but the system that, for example, I went to a university for an in-person interview where I had a panel interview with a set of people who would be sort of my direct supervisors. And then I went to a room and a computer Zoom call was set up for me to have, I'm there on campus, a virtual interview with my day-to-day direct supervisors who would be their supervisors where they ask the same questions. So it's like, that's not a system that was designed for efficiency, but it happened. Yeah. And I see why an institution could create a system like that for job interviews, but it does not make sense. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, so my condolences, but uh, <laughs> thanks. you just need to keep going and then eventually you will accidentally succeed. Yeah. And you'll always wonder, why was this the one that succeeded? <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, I had maybe my worst job interview um, so far this week where I felt that immediate sense of um, like sometimes you get a vibe and it doesn't pan out, but you maybe had a vibe. This time I had the vibe of like, oh, <laughs> when a really bad note sounds on a piano or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was for a position where I was like, if I were to sell myself and have any effect, I would have to sell myself and create the impression that I am a strong person who is good at healthcare. Oh. And that is not the image I was able to sell myself as mm. uh, immediately because I was coming back from a doctor's appointment and I did my interview in the car with my phone and the interviewing person was like, are you driving? And that just set off the tone for a whole 
for a whole bad interview. Mm -hmm. I was not driving. I was pulled over in a parking lot, but there was no recovering. Um, I I think the most frustrating job interview experience I ever had was um, I went through several rounds of interviews at an organization, eventually went in for like a full day round of interviews. Love those. Yep. Where I interviewed various people, got taken out to lunch, got, you know, all that stuff. And the dynamic I was picking up from them was that they really wanted to hire me, but they weren't sure I would accept the job because they weren't sure that they could lure me away from the job that I was already in. And I was happy to let them have that impression. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll play hard to get and like you'll really want me and then you'll make a good job offer. Uh, And then ultimately, you know, after this super long thing, they called me back and said, "Uh, we just found out that we have to hire someone internal and promote them. So um, and I was like, oh, cool. And thus the best candidate wins out. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows whether I would have been. Maybe maybe they're better off with this person. So anyhow. um, That's been jobs. Do I remember this correctly? Do you have an English degree somewhere? Oh, yeah. That was my undergrad. Okay. Major in English, minor in philosophy. So I guess your route has been have job, but also go back to business school is a route to take. Yeah. And the reason I'm doing that is because at my current employer, I am able to do it for free because I work at the university and they have a full tuition remission for anyone who is on staff. So it basically feels like I would be leaving money on the table if I didn't. Technically, like this is part of my compensation package. The fact that I'm able to go to grad school for free is payment and uh, it would just be silly of me to refuse it, which I don't know if that's actually that good of a reason for me to be getting this degree. This degree is related to my the duties of my job, so it seemed like a good fit for that reason. And some of the things that I've learned in in these classes have been impactful in terms of job productivity, which is a good thing. But uh, but yeah, I never thought of myself as the kind of person who would be in business school because I hate business. <laughs> hate business and businesses and uh, don't like it. But look at you now. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a degree in like business analytics, which is about like using data for business purposes. And I'm really just there for the data stuff. I don't, I don't care about the business. Yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to write down the action items? Because you usually do that. <laughs> yes, I can, I can take us to the action items. Um, spoiler, I don't believe I did any of them, but oh. they were to do something nice for your voice, including watching High School Musical, the 2006 Disney Channel original movie, um, especially the scene where Ryan and Sharpay do vocal warm-ups, also to destroy something. <laughs> yeah, my honest answer is I did not do anything nice for my voice, but I did destroy at least a few things. Ah, all right. Do you want to share? Were they physical or intangible? Um, well, I certainly destroyed some physical things. Mostly that was just cardboard boxes <laughs> that I broke down. And uh, to get them out in the recycling, you know, sometimes like you'll get a shipment and you'll see the box and it's like, you're like, that's a good box. I should keep that box. Yes. But then eventually you're like, why am I keeping all these boxes? There's nothing even in these boxes. There's a box with other boxes in it. (laughs) And you realize that, you know, I probably don't need these boxes around. And if I were ever going to move again, which I probably will someday, but I just renewed my lease. So that's not likely to happen in the next year. But anyhow, if I were to move, I could just get more boxes. Like I'm going to have more things shipped to me and I could even go out and buy boxes if I need boxes. So I was like, let's just get these unsightly brown cardboard things out of my life. So I destroyed them and recycled them. I may have also destroyed intangibles too, but 
I don't know. I don't think I did. Did you did you really not destroy anything? Um, I did not, but um I did visit my nieces for an outside visit this afternoon and it had just snowed in uh, Virginia and Maryland where they live. So, I made a snow person. This is a little in the weeds, but it was very icy snow. So I packed it sort of as if in the beach using like sand for a sandcastle in a bucket. And I dumped them out and sort of stacked them one on top of another. So it was sort of like a very rigid snow person. And then my three and a half year old niece uh, stomped on them. And <laughs> it was a short lived snow person, but she had fun. Would you say that you in any way invited destruction or like um, courted yes. destruction? Yes. I said, oh, what a wonderful snow person I made. <laughs> Do you see it, Sarah? What a shame if something were to happen to it. And then she stomped it. So you could choose to blame yourself. I could. And if the snow person were here haunting me, I would deserve it, I feel. <laughs> um, do you do you have any um, further action items to suggest for the coming week? Yes. I think that people should donate or promote a food bank or sort of charity that they like, something particularly like that is covering a service that probably the government should also be assisting with. Sort of, this is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to any Congress senators who may be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but just a personal invitation to donate to a food bank or charity at this time. Of year. Yeah, the end of the year is a great time to do that, yeah. especially because a lot of those organizations will have like their end of the year benchmarks that they want to reach. And so they're they really want to yeah. pump those numbers up as high as they can. Come here with that business data analytics. Analyze that. <laughs> and also, if you write off charitable deductions on your taxes, then you can donate them so you can write them off on your taxes. I'm not in a place where probably I'm going to be donating anymore, but um and I don't I don't really consider taking a bunch of books and or clothes to the thrift store donating. I feel like they are doing me a service because I don't know. But I'm doing that. Mm. <laughs> Just because like that is my equivalent of like boxes I need to recycle, stacks of books. <laughs> right. And or things that are taking up space. Yeah, that, that is sensible. But I, I don't consider it like this is direct action uh, the same way, you know, like food banks or housing relief or, you know, medical help charities would be. Uh, this is books. This is just books. This is books. This has been books. <laughs> oh, that's one thing. Yeah. If you want the moment, this is feedback. If you want the moment to sound a little bit more like um, Radio Lab or Studio 360, I feel like um, every now and then you should have yourself sort of cu- cut in with like, this has been the moment with Tom. <laughs> like just cut in as if you're coming in and out of commercial breaks a little more often. That that would be my feedback. Hmm. Yeah. I could actually have like commercial breaks i don't know i don't, no. I don't know get, i can get advertisers <laughs> a little dynamic advertising i could sell cast for mattresses or you could sell your soul stamps.com or whatever else it is squarespace obviously they'll, they'll advertise with just about anyone well do you think um one action item is enough or do you feel called to i don't feel like i am capable of accommodating <laughs> more action items because okay. i am i'm like throwing so much of my time and attention into getting season three of the moment to where I want it to be. And also like shopping for people for Christmas gifts, which I need to purchase. So these are the things that will be occupying my brain in the next week or so. But the charitable donations for the year end is definitely something that I can incorporate in. And that's enough. 
That is enough. All right. So I think that wraps it up for this week. Then as we end every episode of Social Distance Warriors, you're going to go ahead and stay distant. And then you're going to go ahead and go the distance. (laughs) 